We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I feel like the popo is getting ready to come walking down the hallway here. Inspector Detective Fourier is apparently on the case of something that's going to roll out on Twitch, I guess at 1.30, twitch.tv slash Boston W-E-E-I. And that song, right? every time I hear that song, I always think of, uh, I almost said super bad. Uh, I was thinking of The Hangover. And they're just, really? Oh yeah, because as they go into Vegas, I do believe on the initial uh, on the initial ride into Vegas that that song is playing. However, we got some uh, empty out the locker stuff. Uh, number one, Kike Hernandez apparently does not protect his twig and giggleberries playing baseball. This is Kike Hernandez on something called the Chris Rose rotation. You don't wear a cup. I don't wear a cup. Keekinator is a dang exposed every day. I don't know if I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm just saying that you're in the infield now every day. Ball gets on you quick. I won't wear a cup. I used to pay $20 a, a day every time our infield coordinator used to come into town in the minor leagues because he would go by with a fungo to everybody. And I was like, I can give you the money at a time. I'm not going to wear it. So he would tap you in the crotch yeah. with the bat yeah. to make sure yeah. you're wearing one. Yeah. And I would cover myself and I would give him the money. I stopped wearing one when I was 14. It would shave my thighs. I would get like, I would get some shaving going on. And I was like, so much more comfortable without one. Okay. Uh, did he just call his junk the Kiki Nader? Yeah. Did he call, he actually has a name for it. Well, listen, I respect that. I mean, really, he must, he must really know how to use that thing. But Kiki Nader is a dang. Kiki Nader. Here we go. Back to bragging again. Guy with seven kids calling out somebody's no, use of their I'm wang. Saying, like, I'm like, wow, I'm not calling him out. I'm like, I'm impressed. Like, I would never do that. I mean, I would never do that. What are you kidding I, me? Through, uh, nah, forget okay, it. Okay, let's not go down the road. Let's not go down the road. I had a good one. Here's, I, here's the thing. I, 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 out of, uh, I, first of all, he's right. Have you ever worn a cup? Like I never. People, I think, are amazed. I never wore a cup in the pros. I you don't never. Wear, it, I never wore it in college either. You can't wear them with football pads on. I never wore it's it in high simple. school. I didn't wear it in high school. I stopped wearing a cup. I would say, you know, when I was in Pop Warner, the only position I would think it was like imperative that they wear a cup is got to be the catching position. You got it's got to be the catcher. Oh yeah. No, I don't remember ever seeing somebody I, get hit in the in the you know you know what with the with the ball. Uh, As a, in, even an infielder. When I played baseball, I wore one, but that was really the only sport you never did in basketball, never did in football. And they would always like, as you're a kid, it's like, all right, all right put the cup on. Cup it's check. like you're 11 years old, and it's like, dude, they keep rubbing up against no, the thigh it, pads. They, what are we doing? I'm amazed here? that yeah. they have not figured out like how to make a comfortable cup for men. Like, a, oh. they how can they not do some sort of like I don't know what the hell where it's just comfortable and it doesn't chafe and make you feel like an idiot. Well, maybe that's more businesses that you can develop, so like the go. Brady kiosk.
Well, that's not. That's just a suggestion. Oh, okay. That's not real business. You're not really going to do like research no, or anything on this. I'm just. No you don't want to be Christian's custom cups. Oh yeah. yeah. So he's like the plastic no. castle lady from the '70s One, rock uh, scene. One size fits all, too, Billy. Oh no, 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 no. That's <laughs> oh, got to be yes. the Christian's custom cups. Has got to be. Hence no. custom. I know, but we're gonna play on it. Gentlemen, like you have we a really hard, only make one size. Gentlemen, you have a hard time finding a cup to fit your Johnson. Well, come to Fourier's uh, Custom Cups. We'll mold your wiener and make you a cup to keep those things uh, safe. I can hear it now. We already hit on Kyrie. Do yeah. we need to do him no, again? No, we don't because no. we need to. We need to get on to the big reveal. Yeah, uh, well, we do, but also uh, this is something that caught your ear. And again, I know we're at one thirty. The video's coming. Yep. Everybody's loading up and all that stuff. Fourier doing whatever. But <laughs> uh, in the bullies of Baltimore, thirty for thirty, uh, there was something in there that caught your ear, Fourier, yeah. from Trent Dilfer and a stolen playbook. After week 11, I go to Matt Cavanaugh. I'm like, Matt, you're not going to believe this. And, and you know my personality. I don't lose stuff. I'm early. I stay late. I don't, I don't have my playbook. He's like, what? I'm like, I, I looked everywhere. You know, we got those big duffel bags. I had the same routine every pregame. I mean, there's no way I, I lost this playbook. I'm like, it got stolen uh, in Tennessee. So we go out there for the playoff game. They're calling out everything. I mean, they know what we're doing before we're going to do it. And I never could really say anything about, you know, you don't play well. You don't want to use it as an excuse. Defense carries us once again. And I'm at an NFL function with Greg Williams probably 12 years ago. And he admits that he stole that sucker out of the locker room. And, I mean, to this day, to this day, it pisses me off. Well, and speaking of things that have apparently been stolen around here. Mm. Oh, look who's here. Oh, yeah. Mego's been sitting in this room for a I minute. I haven't even paid attention to him. And uh, hello, Mego. Sorry. That, hello, Mego. So, sorry the Christian didn't notice that you were even here. Sir, Mike's not working. Oh, Terp's got to pop up uh, number yeah. three there. There we go. Maybe Terp. that's what it was. Hello. There, there you go. go. Guys, Hi, it smell, it smells weird in here. Stop it! You, with the, you guys, with the smell. Just ate about a half no, hour actually, ago. Actually, I farted maybe about two minutes ago. Oh, so that's right. probably what it is. Okay. Well, all right. How much I miss you every day. <laughs> all right, so Mego, I don't know if you realize this, I but re- I realized this at, during the show yesterday. You Can did. I tell you my part? Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell okay, us what happened. Let me play this out. Tell us what happened. So we have a wonderful sponsor. Yeah. Star Market and Shaw's. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they brought in flower arrangements for Courtney and I. Yeah, beautiful. I came in. I had a huge flower arrangement. When you came in yesterday to, to start yes, your show, to, to prep for your show. To start show. Yeah. I had no idea I was supposed to take a photo, you know, post it on social media. It's part of the agreement. <laughs> oh, Nobody told me this. So Ken Laird <laughs> left that out. So, uh, so I come in and I start doing the show. And then someone from sales comes over and they say, hey, can you take that photo? And I say, what photo? And they explain to me. I say, okay. I go back to the jock lounge. Flowers are gone. Totally gone. Okay, well. I walk into producer Ryan. Yeah. I say, did you move my flowers? You put them in the kitchenette? He said, are you? What, what are you talking about? I said, they're not there anymore. He said, are you effing kidding me? Yeah. He goes back there. He comes Somebody back out. He flowers. goes, I can't believe this place. <laughs> Somebody yeah. stole your flowers. Yeah, so people were running around uh, early, the, well, late last night and early this morning, up until the middle of the day. Ryan even came in, and he pointing the finger at me. He's like, I know it's you. I knew like, you wouldn't do that. I, why, I, first of all, I didn't even know who's. I thought they were for me because 
Listen, I love Shaw's, and they brought us a bunch of food, but flowers are they a good did. way to get to me, too. Like, I like flowers. And Boy, Courtney. There's, there's been flower drops here before, and you don't even, I get all excited, and you don't even look at them. I and just, like, yeah, just want to be included in the flowers no. just as much as the food. But when we came in earlier, or when we came in yesterday, Courtney was walking out with, like, a big yeah, thing of flowers. she took a big picture with okay. them, too. And it was, oh, there's flowers in the back. And then she was like, I don't know, I guess got to take a picture of these, because you know what I did after reading all this now? I pulled up the email from our intrepid boss, Ken Laird. And there's no mention of flowers in he, in this email whatsoever, and it's the Eamon, can you come shoot a video? So I would think that our boss would have communicated uh, to okay. everyone on the boss. everything that needed to happen. If it's not yours, happen. don't take it. So you saw Courtney walking out with flowers, and you go, okay, that must be a sponsorship. These flowers in the same kind of box have nothing to do <laughs> Very with that. similar. Yeah, I... They're I, not connected no, at all. No one had what any... I, no about? one had any idea that it was the whole, like, who... You even just said, Ken Laird and whomever never said you needed to take a photo with the flowers, right? It was no, the whole... No, it was towards later in the show when but someone you know, came okay. over and told me. But I, was, I looked at it and I said, this is probably what this is. I haven't gotten the communication yet. Yeah, okay. So I'm looking at the email from Ken on all this to see... You know what? What needed to be done, including us doing okay, a video, well, with the, and there ain't nothing sorry, here on the flowers. I'm sorry, you were concerned. You saw flowers in the jock lounge, and you thought it had something to do with you. This is radio. If it's left after 24 hours, it's normally Fresh. free game. It's, if it's community property, there, I, I came in. They were there for like 15 minutes. Well, I don't carry it away. <laughs> I got here like 7:30, and they so were I'm in there to or get whatever. A little suspicious about where my flowers <laughs> I was gonna went. Say he's so defensive. Well, hold on, let's let's. I know Nick's running our Twitch uh, stream right now. So if you're, I'm going to, big reveal, Mego, because I think you have an idea who it is. A yeah. lot of people are going to find out who I it is. I don't know. I don't, I don't gonna, think I need to make a lot of no. jumps in logic with the way that someone's you dancing around You haven't seen here. the video yet. All right, Nick, go ahead and play the video on the Twitch stream. And you're going to see who the culprit is. The flower, I'm going to call him the flower bandit. Here's the video right now. Well, it's so actually in color. No, there's Billy Lanny on the right-hand side. Here comes okay, the, here comes the culprit. Oh, look at that. It's Andy Gresh. I got done talking to Lou, and I say right there, oh, these flowers are still here. Yeah. I wonder Because I, I thought they came this morning whenever they did the, the big, or like Courtney was just like, yeah, there are flowers here. Or okay, so the video plays around, and of course, like Billy's just hard at work, you know, prepping yeah. like he always does. I just got He's done talking to all this segment. Yep. I just got done talking to Lewis, by the way. Lou Maloney popped Great. in yesterday. I talked to Lou yesterday, yesterday, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it's like, what are you trying I'm to just like, noting like, that it was a lot of here. excuses. So, sure enough, okay, there, wait, there are the flowers. Please, yeah. there it is. There he goes yep. with the flowers. I took him. No the one. There was no name on there. <laughs> there was no name on them, and there was nothing in the email from upper management saying that they were yours. No, Billy. Billy's not. Billy's got no idea. He has no clue. Look, there he goes. Are you? And then he says, "Yep. All right." But look, Billy's back is no. turned. Billy's not even listening. So you know what I said at that time exactly? And I think it was <laughs> either Billy. I go, right. "Hey, nobody claimed these. There's no name on them. I'm taking them with me." Gretch, you're a scumbag. And eh, not the first time I've heard that. Eh, it took some flowers. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have your name on them. I had no True. idea they were yours. They and were they from a sponsor. Yeah, yeah, but how would I know that when the email how from our your own flipping when business. our boss you just walk around taking stuff from people? All it is is oh, there's a party platter coming for you guys. Take photos. There's nothing else. It's not yeah. your property. Commu how did I know that? Communications because are it didn't business. Have your name on it, and you didn't bring it from home. How did I know it was yours then? 
It doesn't matter whose it is. It's not yours. How do I know it isn't mine? I don't nobody, know if Shaw's wait, left I'm it. Sorry. Do if you they walk leave out, the food in do here, you do you eat some food? Nice cars on the side of the road and go, <laughs> nothing says it's not mine. If I people, don't see somebody's name on the If license people don't plate. lock their cars, and again, point, I'm Mega. going back to the boss. Communications are business. <laughs> Apparently, it's not our policy. This is so scummy. <laughs> I expected more this from not, you. No, they, no, if you, you think this is bad in radio, give it a year. Just keep waiting. <laughs> You'll see. Well, I would just it's like worse. to say, you know what? Uh, case closed. Case closed. You're welcome. How did you know that this was what happened? Well, because I investigated the situation. How did you know? So I investigated the situation. Here's the rest of the story: is that today I'm sitting in the uh, bullpen. It's probably like nine thirty, and Ken Laird and uh, and um, Mengels come rolling into the bullpen, and they go, "Oh, Mego's flowers were here, and <laughs> someone took them." So Mengels goes. Oh, you want me to check the video? And I just turn around and go, guys, I took them. I said, they were sitting here. And I'm like, there was nothing in the email. I'm like, I had no idea what it was. And Ken goes, all right, no big deal. So you let turn me do this entire out. investigation <laughs> knowing that you already admitted that you that you were the culprit? See, I win all the time. This video is Gresh, so classic. He look, he's trying to, good. He's trying talking to explain. To Billy and he's not even, Billy's no, not even looking I'm, at you. No, I'm talking to Coop. Oh, Billy was talking to me, believe me, because he's doing work. But Coop was in there, too. <laughs> You know why? Because I gave Coop the advice of don't give flowers when you get in trouble there with a the woman. flowers, Mego. Okay. It's Mego, funny there they you go. say that because I'm waiting for seven words from you. What would that be? What kind of flowers do you like? Oh, I don't care. Mm. I see what you're you, doing. Because you're going to be replacing them. Oh, no. Are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah. The people yeah. at Shaw's I'll and Star Market. The people at Shaw's and you Star Market will be bringing it in. Maybe they'll put a name tag first on it all, next time. First of all, I haven't heard an apology yet. And second of all, what kind of flowers do you like? Well, lately, I mean, I always love sunflowers, but they're kind of out of season. <laughs> yeah, so that's I, rough I'm right now. Like that's a, a four-month run. A winter white uh, arrangement. Okay. Something like that. Something. And greenery. Okay. I like that. You sure. Know, something fresh and natural. Something that, that what, what, what would uh, Killington like? Your dog? Is, 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 well, he's not, well, he won't eat the flowers, right? Well, that's right? the thing. You don't she, know. She. she sorry. She, sorry. Yeah. Because. I'm a unisex nothing, dog guy. She has nothing to do with the flowers. And that can be poisonous, too. You want to keep the flowers away or no, whatever. It can make dogs sick. I will bring Killington flowers. Um, not a roses girl. Not no. gonna go for that. So you don't have to like spring for that. But maybe you know a nice arrangement. I do from feel Star like that Market. is important. That the flowers need to be replaced, right? As I like a sign that. of goodwill. You know, you don't even have to apologize. But yeah, replacement flowers. Oh yeah, I'm from all, Gresh and I, Fourier. I am all over that. And really, I mean Gresh. Yeah, I okay. think it's a. Uh, think Again, it's in order. Here's what I would say: put the names on it. Number one. And if our boss had just put in there, there are flowers really coming Ken's for fault. the ladies of W. If he had Jeez. put in there, if the flowers are coming for the ladies of WEI, it's not even food. then it would be perfect. <laughs> First yeah, of all, that's I don't, a, I don't touch food around I, here. I just don't want to. But that like, stuff, I think it's sexist that you think you're the only person who de- deserves flowers in this. Who building. me? Oh, oh, Mego. I didn't say that oh, I deserve them. They were, her. they were a gift to me. You stole my gift. How do we know? I, I, Actually, no, Mega. They brought us food. Yeah. Don't don't gifts normally have name tags food, on no. them? Don't gifts normally have like name tags on them or say to someone? Then you know it's a gift, yeah. right? You're a bad man. That's what this comes down to. You it's stole my bandit. gift. You're it's flower, flower bandit. bandit. By the way, my wife loved you. it. She <laughs> yeah. cut them all down and put Somebody them in the Somebody got lucky last I like, night. I like dahlias. I like a winter white with okay. the little greenery around it. Lots of options. Oh, fresh. good. Fresh. Lots of options. Well, Ray Mysterio III is listening, I'm sure, yes. and he can take note of the flowers that you well, like. Well, okay, so listen. 
I can I can tell you where, where HR is, or we can just handle this in house. No. Like we can just make we'll make it right. Ken Laird, who runs this station, already said it was okay. So what do I have to worry about? And I have his flawed email that was not with complete oh, information. Man. So counselor, mm. I rest my case. Maybe I've dealt with HR before <laughs> and know how to the fight these things. All right, you know what? Well, your honor has been restored. All right, go ahead. If Anything important today you flowers, guys are doing? What are you doing? If there are flowers for me again, um, oh, I will touch greatly appreciate hey, that. Hey, there's a bag you of chips there if you want. Oh, you want some wise chips? Want some uh, Ridgies? Take some Ridgies with you. We got those, no. the Wise, wise original potato chips, you know? No, not into the I don't chips. know. There's no name tag on them, so I guess they belong to anybody. That's right. It's there community property. New rule. Thank you Thank very you, much. Thank you, Mego. Remind me to get, like, a label gun. That's Ooh. a good idea, too. So don't take Ooh, my I have a backpack. label maker. I'll bring it in. There we go. All right. Or they can just say the flowers are for Mego in the email. How's that? Problem solved. Bye, guys. Case Bye. Closed. Thank you very Thank much, Mego. I'm I sorry. I you're busy. Thank I'm sorry. You. I'm sorry I took your gardenias. <laughs> That's okay. I'm glad your wife likes them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was very happy with them. <laughs> she was like, oh, look at that. Because I gave, I said to Coop, I'm like, listen, here's what you got to learn about ladies. Don't. Oh, yeah. No, but I told Coop. Coop. Listen, why wouldn't you listen Coop. to someone who's here's divorced? Here's what you need to know about ladies. Don't listen to anything Gresh is saying. <laughs> right, listen, as somebody who's married twice, you made mistakes. Exactly. You we learned the you, lessons. We We're tell the you best people to listen absolutely. to. We'll tell you what not to do. Exactly right. So I told him, I said, don't give flowers as an apology. I said, because then you ruin flowers forever. Mm. Flowers need to show up on like an idle. Random days. And, yeah. Like for an, no reason whatsoever. Like an idle. I was thinking of you. Like an idle Tuesday afternoon at 325 when I walked in the door and told look my wife, that. look at these. It's not even Valentine's Day. Although I did tell her that I think they might have <laughs> been for someone. I said, but they were They were here. 24-hour yeah. rule. I took them. Full credit, though. You still get full credit. Oh, Yeah. That video who would was I fantastic. Rather, who would I rather have upset at me, my wife or Mego? Oh, probably. I think I can probably, live with Mego. I can, I can yep. fix it with Mego very quickly. Yeah, I agree. But in all honesty, I did not know. And I just went through that email from Ken Laird, and there was nothing in there about flowers. And Courtney hadn't taken a picture at 10 with hers when we walked in, so how did I know they were supposed to be pictures yep. taken? Yep. Listen, listen. All I know is that, uh, once again, I figured radio, out. I cracked the code. Radio Chick 81 goes, what did you or what did she say when you told her you thought they were for someone? She goes, oh, great. These look great on the island. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's the thought that counts, That's right? That's right. You were thinking of her. Ooh, see, now we have some people who be like, Gresh, you should get some flowers for her and hit it with the fart spray. <laughs> <laughs> see, now people are going to come up with good oh, ideas. Oh, man. And look at you. If you didn't run into Mingles, you'd have never got that I never video. Known. I did a lot of work, and I didn't even realize you already confessed. You confessed before, like, before I did all the work. So you kind of won in a way. In a way. In the words of Tennessee Tuxedo, I will not fail. <laughs> we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Don't forget to ask your smart speakers to play 93.7 WEEI. Brad Stevens came away with the minimum, and I think it was smart that he didn't do anything silly. Let's get the thoughts of 
Gary Washburn, who is, uh, of course, national NBA writer, covers the Celtics for the Boston Globe as well. And I would dare say, and not that Gary and I aren't friendly, but an FOF, a friend of Foyer, as Gary Washburn joins us uh, on the <laughs> Harbor One hotline. Gary, good to talk to you again. How are you? I'm great, great. How are you guys doing? Well, good. And look, I, I don't know if I'm just being overly optimistic or not, Gary. I thought they had to get a big. They bring in Mike Muscala. I thought come hell or high water, there was going to be a way that Brad Stevens was going to use one of those trade player exceptions and go snag another player, maybe like a scoring wing, and it just didn't materialize. I kind of look at it as the – I'm glad you didn't try to get a square peg into the round hole. How do you view what Brad Stevens did yesterday? I thought it was a nice move. It was kind of a sneaky move in the sense that people, unless you're a real basketball fan, you know who Mike Muscala is. Uh, you know, he played at Bucknell. He's been in the league about 10 years. He's a guy who's kind of been a stretch for uh, throughout his career, can shoot from the perimeter, can stretch the floor, can uh, – play a position that the Celtics need. He's kind of like a poor man's Danilo Gallinari, you know. So, and that's kind of what they needed. They needed somebody uh, to come off the bench at times to, to can stretch the floor that can shoot the ball uh, from the three-point line. And it, it, just another big body with, obviously, Al Horford kind of taking the second game of back-to-backs off and being 36. And Robert Williams, you know, them trying to basically keep him in bubble wrap until the playoffs. They needed another big big guy that can come in there and, and also and shoot the ball. So I thought it was a sneaky good move, but I also think Celtic fans should look forward to the buyout mark uh, because that could be something uh, where they can get another pivotal or uh, impact player uh, over the next 10 days. So, okay, explain the buyout market and who you think may be available if you have one uh, for the people who may not know what that even is. Well, the buyout market is now that players have been traded some to teams that the team has no intention on playing them. They just basically traded for their salary. So now the player can approach the team and say, hey, buy me out. Let's come to a settlement. And then that person gets waived and then becomes a free agent. And that's where teams like the Bucks, the Celtics, uh, the Lakers, and the Suns, and all these teams are going to start picking up players. There's going to be a – a bunch of guys out of this market, guys like Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, uh, John Wall, um, uh, a guy I think that sells could target, Terrence Ross from the Orlando match. There could be guys who ask for buyouts now that they haven't been. And some teams, guys, uh, teams didn't trade them. And so they're asking their team, hey, just let me out. We're not going to the playoffs. We're not going anywhere. I'm going to be a free agent. Let me go. And they want to play for a championship caliber team such as the Celtics. So, that should be something to look out for. And then you, you decide at the minimum salary, so the Celtics aren't stretching their salary cap as much in the buyout market. So that's to what you could look out for. I didn't think they were going to pull off some major deal yesterday uh, to get you know a, a guy who might be a little bit too expensive for them. Gary, I had read about the whole Danilo Gallinari, and there was the exception there of $3.2 million with the offset for him being injured. Do the does that does that give the Celtics an advantage in the buyout market? You mentioned the minimum salary. Do the Celtics have the ability to come over the top of of the minimum salary if they want to, or is it just a matter of the money's going to be the same for all these guys, and it's really just their personal preference as to where they want to go? Yeah, they could slide someone into to that exception, and it's a little bit more money than let's say the veterans minimum. 
Uh, and that could attract a guy who wants to make a couple of more hundred thousand dollars or maybe another million dollars. Uh, I think it's going to be a situation for a lot of these guys. You know, these guys are going to want a, a chance to play. They're going to want a chance to win. Brad Stevens has to get the right guy in there. You don't want a guy who comes in there and expects to play 25, 30 minutes a game and you're playing him seven to 10. And it's, then he starts, you know, pouting and complaining. You want the right kind of guy in who you explain to him his role. You say, listen, you're going to play 10 to 12 minutes a game. There might be games you don't play. And that guy has to be okay with that. Because as you, as you guys know, you put uh, the wrong guy into a locker room, a guy who thinks he's entitled. Let's say you don't bring Russell Westbrook to Boston because Russell's going to want to play. You know, Russell's not going to be good with DNPs or playing eight minutes a game. You, you, that's a guy you stay away from, or a John Wall. There's guys you stay away from. But I think there'll be a, a handful of guys who should be available over the next couple of days that they'll look into. So we're talking to Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe. And Gary, what about what uh, the Celtics didn't do, what Brad Stevens didn't do? There was a rumor going around uh, about uh, how the uh, they offered uh, the Celtics offered Gallinari, Gallinari uh, Peyton Pritchard, for Jakob Portal, who ended up going uh, to, I think, Toronto. What do you know about that deal? Yeah, it's it's something they threw out there. But San Antonio wanted more draft capital. San Antonio is a team that's kind of blowing it up. Um, they don't. They're not going to do the Celtics any favor. So uh, they made a deal. They got kind of a capable another big man back in Kim Birch uh, to go to San Antonio, and, and then got like draft compensation. For that deal, Pirtle's a guy who's going to be a, a rent a player. He's an impending free agent, uh, a guy who could definitely could have helped the Celtics, but but I don't think that they were really serious serious about getting him. They made an offer, but they weren't going to give everything to San Antonio to make the deal happen. Toronto was looking to kind of ramp up to try uh, to make you know uh, get a better spot in the, in the playoffs. Gary, I'm curious for your view on Grant Williams. I know Foye and I did a lot of chatter yesterday about Grant, and I was kind of wondering if, the, if if Brad Stevens did trade Grant Williams, was it pure contractual-related, trying to almost reset that spot from a contract standpoint? I know they can give him a restricted offer next year of just a little more, right around $6.3 million, but where do you think the organization is with Grant relative to him being here long-term? I think they'd like him here a long term, but they also got to prepare for the future with other guys too. You got to figure out, okay, so Jalen Brown has one more year in his contract. You're gonna ha- you're gonna have to bring him back at the max. Then slowly coming up is Jason Tatum. Okay, so Jason Tatum's gonna get that. I want to say the five year two fifty kind of deal. Like he's gonna you're gonna max him right. So you're gonna max both of those guys. And then you got to figure out what you're going to do long-term with Robert Williams. There's a lot of other guys kind of in line in front of Grant. So the fact, the rumors that Grant wants $18 million a year, like they're going to have to figure out whether they feel like he's worth that. And, what what, what you do know, you think he's worth? Wow. I, I mean, I think that if you paid him $448, you know, something like that, twelve to, to $15 million, I think that'd be a – Kind of that fits him twenty in the twenty range, but the, but that's what he's going to ask for. Obviously, I mean, you're going to ask for as mo- much as you can get, and you and there could be a team that makes a, an offer this summer for that if they feel like Grant can be like let's, let's say they're starting small forward or starting power forward. So it all depends on what the league thinks, and the Celtics have the right to match any deal. Now a team like 
Charlotte or whatever, where, where Grant's from, could come with the salary cap space and say, hey, we want to offer you four years, $80 million, the Celtics will have to decide whether to match that. If, is, does that. Not only is Grant Williams worth that money, but how, how does that affect how you pay other players? Because they got to prepare for Jalen. Jalen's the one that's coming up, and obviously Robert in a couple of years. So they've got to prepare for other guys. When you draft a bunch of guys around the same time, around the same age, a lot of those guys come up around the same time. And this is the situation the Celtics have found themselves in. Remember when Danny Ainge got all those draft picks back, and you draft those guys, and those guys flourish, you're going to have to pay them. Gary, what are you hearing on the injury and the severity of such to Jalen Brown? I think Jalen will be out through the All-Star break. I think he'll try to come back after the All-Star break, uh, that January, sorry, February 23rd game against Indiana. I just think they're going to want to let the swelling go down, fit him for a mask, have him get, have him get used to the mask. And I don't think that they want to bring him back, you know, right before the All-Star break. You get a full week off. Obviously, uh, you know, unless something miraculous happens, I think he misses the All-Star game. Um, get, let him rest, let him get the spelling down, and then they'll bring him back. But I think, obviously, he'll he'll have a mask and have to figure out how to play with that thing. All right, so Gary Washburn from the Boston Globe. Gary, last one for me. Mid-season uh, report card on Joe Mazzula. I give him A-, minus B plus. I mean, best record in the league. Uh, they've really adjusted to him after, obviously, all the upheaval that happened in September. Um, you, you, you can't – I don't know if you can give him a better grade than what he does. Obviously, he's got some – quirky coaching styles, the the lack of the timeouts, and you can say that he's, you know, you could criticize him for, for, for playing Tatum and Brown, especially Tatum a lot of minutes or maybe too many minutes, but I think from what he's inherited, the situation, you got to give him an A. I give him an A. Uh, I just think yeah. he's done a tremendous job. Number one league record uh, in the NBA um and, and the, the train didn't go off the tracks when he took over. You know, Gary, I'm kind of glad Christian asked that question because at what point does the name Ime Udoka start to come up considering we heard it was a one-year suspension, but Joe Mazzulla is proving that he can do the job? Yeah, I don't think – I think they're going to have to figure out a contractual way to get out of the situation with Udoka. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll coach the Celtics again. I think Missoula will be the permanent head coach, but I think it's just contractual at this point. I mean, let's be honest. He's coaching the All-Star game. I mean, that's no one would have imagined that. And he's probably, you know, there's a couple of guys, you know, Mike Brown in Sacramento, but Missoula will definitely get coach of the year votes. So uh, I think that you can't take this away from him at this point. You just got to move on from Yudoka. And honestly, the Celtics need to do this sooner than later. And don't let this linger into June and July or what, when this when the suspension ends. I mean, you just let, let Yudoka go and figure out what he's going to do for the rest of his career, and then if you if you know put your chips with Missoula and move forward. Well, I'll tell you, I think Phoenix, now that Kevin Durant is out there with the other crybaby and Chris Paul, and apparently Monty Williams and uh, what the big man DeAndre Ayton don't get along, I smell a late-season trade. You can trade a coach after the deadline. Ime Udoka to Phoenix. There we go. It'll make Kevin Durant and the rest of them happy out there. Oh, boy, that would be interesting. Uh, I'm sure Monty Williams has something to say about that. But, Monty yeah. Williams is a hell of a coach. I just don't know if uh, that might be, like, the right situation for him given some of the uh, <clears throat> personalities out there. Yeah, he's a, he's a very good coach. And remember, guys, the Notre Dame job is open 
So and that's where Monty Williams played ball. Oh. College ball. So well, it's like a pro out, team. Look for, yeah, look out for exactly. Look out for that. I'm, I'm sure they want to be more competitive in basketball. Hey, I, I, I lied. This is my last one. The uh, <laughs> the, the the situation now. The whole player em, empowerment movement. Do we think that that's over based on? Like the, the the life lesson that the that the Brooklyn Nets just went through. Yeah, I think that'll affect the whole thing about quote unquote super teams yeah. and guys collaborating to play together. But that was also kind of a Kyrie Irving issue there. I mean, if if, if it's anybody else besides Irving uh, joining Durant, it probably works out. But but it was just so much upheaval there. And obviously, Kyrie, you cannot rely or depend on him. Let's see what happens in Dallas or wherever he plays next year. But obviously, he, he seems to have had, a, have had a lot of issues with how they handle things in Brooklyn, and he's, he's, he, he's talking about it, um, and he's bad-mouthing. Yeah, I don't say bad-mouthing, but criticizing the organization, sort of like he did in Boston. But we'll, we'll see how, how this goes uh, long-term with this. But I, I do think that, you know, and remember, guys, the, the collective bargaining agreement is coming up, okay? So the owners are going to try to take some stuff back. The player, you know, the player empowerment's one of them. Load management. Some of this, these guys just taking games off and chilling and and on the sideline eating popcorn. Like those days are going to come to an end. They're, they're going to have some. They're kind of something in, in the in the collective bargaining agreement with, with games played and conditions because I think the owners are a little tired of these guys kind of taking you know every third game off. Uh, Gary, last thing we swear, what's your <laughs> vibe on Danilo Gallinari? I think he'll try to push uh, to make it back for the playoffs. We'll see. I mean, obviously, ACL injuries are severe. It all depends on how much he can. I mean, he looks in great shape. He's working to get back. I don't think he wants to rush back. Uh, but could he come back in, let's say, May, uh, which is obviously three, three, three and a half months from now, for a second round series, I think because I don't know if they need him in the first round. I think that could be potentially happen, but I know he's doing everything to get back. It could be a situation where he does uh, come back for the postseason. Um, and remember, he's got a player option for next year, so he could be back next year. Good stuff. Hey, Gary, thanks for the time and the breakdown. We appreciate it. Catch you soon. Thanks, Thank Gary. You. Thanks a lot, guys. There goes Gary Washburn of the uh, Boston Globe. And I'll tell you this, man, Gallinari as an addition in the second round. It could be a pretty big deal. Yeah, you know, it. Um, a couple of things from that, um, man. The, the the collective bargaining agreement, you know, shutting down some of these things. The uh, the Ime Udoka situation. You like that, huh? Well, I do. It's a great follow up by you because it is interesting. Like, I don't think they have an Ime problem anymore. I don't think they do. Now, some people would say, "Well, let's see how the season ends." Well, I don't care. Even if they get there and they lose, they're not bringing Ime back because he went there and he lost. So what's the difference? It would take a first-round upset yes. for them Something to kooky, then be fluky. in the position to bring him back. Yeah, I just don't think – I think with uh, – I mean, he gave him what? He gave him an A-, minus, B plus, you know? And I can't say just because they have really good players that it's easy. No, you still have to navigate. that. The fact that, they, that he was able to encourage and mo- motivate those guys to play against Philly, to beat Philly – I mean, I thought was if that's not a sign of a coach doing his job, then I don't know what else is because you shouldn't have beat them. You shouldn't have. Right. You know, and maybe Philly had something to do with that and the fact that he shot so many three-pointers and made them. But still, still, you outcoached Doc Rivers. Here's the thing. There has been very little drop-off, if any, 
from the Celtics from the way they finished the second half of the season last year to now. It's really more rooted in last year they had to win with defense. This year, defense still matters, but they're better offensively. So some of those offensive numbers are going to go up. Maybe the defensive numbers aren't as good as they were under Rudoka, but that's also recognizing that this team is better than the team that he was coaching yeah, last year. Yeah. And and uh, look, I think the Phoenix thing. Uh, somebody was chirping to me on Twitter about you know not thinking the KD is just going to lead them to a championship. That again, it, it, babies out there, more NBA babies. Aiton, CP3, Durant. Give those guys two months to be around each other, and they'll start picking away. And, you know, Gary makes a good point on the whole Notre Dame thing. Yeah. Monty Williams might be like, yo, I can go make six million bucks with a ton of facilities and everything I need to go win in the world of college basketball, and I'm living in South Bend, Indiana. Like, well, and, you live, and a, live a good life on that, though. Pro coaches are more adapt to go from the pros to college because there's they're more similar now than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can give them money, you can recruit them uh, with cash like you would a free agent. One and done is, so, in a lot of ways, one and done is everything in college basketball. I would say sometimes you may, with the amount of money some of these college players are making, it almost like makes more sense to stay in school. You know, that's going to start to happen in college football. Why would I leave? I'm making $6 million. I go right. to the league right now. I'm going to make, you know, who knows when I get drafted. It's a risk. I'm going to stay in school. I'm gonna make make a I'm gonna make a million and a half in Norman, Oklahoma, as a college student. Like, oh, the NFL might be able to wait. Now there are those who say, well, that's where the real big money is. If you're a first rounder, I might agree with that. Yeah. But if you're a second round you're a fringe pick, guy, you're not really sure. If you're a second round pick and say you're the quarterback at Texas Tech yeah. and you're gonna get big money to stay there, why wouldn't you give it yeah. another year? I'm I'm with you on that. Good chat there with uh, our yeah, guy great. Gary Washburn. Nice, no, fantastic. Noon straight up here on Boston and New England Sports Original WEEI. WEEI Super Bowl coverage sponsored by Wise Snacks. Do game day the wise way. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of a hundred authentic pro football jerseys. Well, uh, I know this guy's out in uh, Arizona, and there's uh, lots to talk about. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, former New England Patriot, former Tennessee Titan, uh, and a guy whose life is going to be turned into a book and a movie. Malcolm Butler is with Gresh and Fourier here on WEEI. Malcolm, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. How you doing? Thanks good. for having me. Well, uh, thanks for uh, joining us. And uh, Lord knows people in New England have a lot of questions for you. But let's start with this. A book and a movie? Like that stuff that is rarefied air. There, I'm sitting beside a former professional athlete. And, well, they ain't making any movies about Christian Foyer, at least not yet anyway. But how about that, Malcolm? Just a little bit on sort of the book and the movie documentary. What, what, what's coming down the pike here? Uh, man, just, just my life story. A lot of questions that um, people wanted to know about and uh, just my life story, how I got to the, to the, like, to where I'm at now, man. And uh, just my success story, man. It's going to be motivation to the world. Um, it's just, it's just a, uh, it's just a great story, man. I'll never give up and keep trying your hardest, man. And like, um, you can end up where I'm at or I know I'm not the first person that, that have achieved success in their life, but 
uh, it'll be some good motivation in there for the world. Malcolm, were you aware of just the constant guesswork and rumors that were going around about why you didn't play in that Super Bowl? Oh, 100%, man. Um, you know, I just stay calm and, you know, you, you can't defeat the internet. So I just, I know, um, know everything that went on. You know, I just try to keep peace within the team, myself and the organization. Um, like I said, man, you can't defeat the internet. So, you well, know, what, um, was, what was the, what was the wildest rumor that you heard that you may have remembered? Cause I just typed in, why didn't Malcolm Butler play in the Super Bowl? There's like 10 conspiracy theorists theories came up. Hey, uh, it's it's a lot that uh, I didn't hear, but uh, I'll say this: somebody said that I was at a Rick Ross concert, um, like the night of the game. I don't know what kind of professionalism is that, but uh, that's most definitely not true. You know, you can't defeat the internet, so you know, I just, you know, just keep on moving. Did teams in free agency ask you about that, or were they more focused on what you could bring to teams like Tennessee, who you ultimately signed with? Um, I don't think teams um, questioned me for that. Um, they just wanted to see what I could bring to that organization. Uh, they wanted me to come in and play. You know, I, you know, I had Logan Ryan there to vouch for me. You know, uh, Mike Vrabel. You know, he used to play for Belichick, so. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, couldn't have been that bad of a reputation behind my name. Um, random question, because I just thought about this. Um, uh, Tom Brady gets the MVP, and he gives you the red Chevy truck. Do you still have it? Yes, sir. Sit in my garage, 9,000 miles, man. 9,000? Yes, sir. It's a collector's item. I was just going to say, you've had that thing, what now, eight years, and it's got 9,000 miles on it? That sounds like what, like the, it sounds like the Nanas who drive to the post office and yeah. church once a week. Yeah, man, it's a trophy, not a truck. I like yeah, that. Look at a, you dropping all these one-liners on It's us. a trophy, not a yeah, truck. That like is a good it. one. Malcolm Butler is with Gresh and Fourier. Malcolm, one of the other mysteries surrounding that Super Bowl that you didn't play in, people saw you very emotional on the sidelines. What were like the two hours or so leading up to that point like for you? Because there was a lot of the – we could see on your face that there was emotion, but no one knows sort of what it was like leading up to that so what were those couple hours leading into that very emotional display you had on the sideline before the game? Um, you know, um, I always looked up to Kobe Bryant. And, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant stayed with one team his whole career. And that's kind of what I wanted to do with my career. But I just knew it was coming to an end, like how things were turning out with each other. But, you know, business is business. And, you know, things don't last forever. And, you know, um, things were just falling apart. Um, the national anthem, um, it, was, it was just, it was, it was just tough. I was in the most, it was in, it was an emotional roller coaster for me. But I did play. I did play. Um, I had one rep of pump return. So I guess I graded out 99%. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's funny because even in that game, they – and I, I, listen, if you get sick of this stuff, just let us know because 
I think we're all no, collectively going, we're, we're fascinated by it, Malcolm, because in that game they needed you out there. Like you were, you they needed somebody who could cover all those wide receivers that were just running all over the place, and and you were in your pads, and like you said, you did play, but for some reason, even when it seems like all hope was lost, like they still didn't put you in the game, and you were in your pads. Yeah, man, I um I look back at that man like. I'm not throwing anyone under under the bus or anything like that. You know, I know my potential. Um, you know, I like I I I thrive in big games. I play hard in big games. You know, uh, I didn't know if like I was gonna catch an interception and my value go up. And I knew I wasn't returning. I don't know what I don't know what was going on, but um, yeah, I know some guys that was on the field that. Um, most definitely couldn't cover like me. Like I like I told uh, Tampa Bay Radio the other day, Tom Brady would have had eight rings. Like Malcolm Butler, too. Malcolm Butler is with Gresh and Fourier. Uh, standing on the sideline in that moment, what was that like? And were players coming up to you, being like, "Yo, what'd you do?" Or were they blaming you? Like I'm just wondering. As you're going through that that Super Bowl, just kind of what's going through your mind and what are your teammates saying to you in that moment as well? Because like what you just said, Malcolm, they had to know the best players weren't on the field. Um dang, that's tough. Um, they just, you know, I guess they felt sorry for me. Um I guess they felt sorry for me. And like it it was tough, man. It was tough. You know, my mom at the game. Um, my family there, um, got to travel back, um, on the team playing and, you know, all this media about why I didn't play all the rumors and things like that. That was, it was tough, man. It was, it was a tough pill to swallow, but, um, just got to keep moving forward and take it on the chin and keep going, man. But, you know, my team, they said they felt bad for me and they, Thought I was gonna play well at halftime. You know they huddled up, and what well, uh Matt Patricia, um, Josh Boyer, and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's time to put me in the game, and like they still didn't. I don't know if it was an ego thing. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if they wanted, didn't want me to make a play and then go to another team next off season. I don't know. You know, um, I just, I just don't understand it, but. You know it is what it is, and you know I got more details in the in the documentary that's coming out. You know I, I played like ninety six percent of the other snaps during the season. I don't know why it's changing the Super Bowl. So, because one of the questions that I had for you, Malcolm, was, you know, there a lot of people assumed, as you said, you know, you can't defeat the internet, but that there had to be more to the story. Because we've had a couple of people send in, hey. Ask him if he had to sign a non-disclosure agreement or something when he left New England, almost like it was nefarious. But the more that I hear you, the more it sounds like this was just business and it was never explained to you why you played in that game. Is that unfair for me to think that? Um, I never signed anything like that, man. If it, if it, if I if I did, it better have been bigger than the contract I had cuz that was a tough. <laughs> That's a great line. 
For anybody who knows non-disclosures agreement, normally there's checks that comes with can, it. Can you uh, can you share with us? Uh, maybe you uh, maybe you have a couple working titles for the documentary or the book. Do you have any any idea what it's going to be called? Um. The bench warmer. No, I'm ah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, there you go. The butler didn't do it. Yeah, there you Something go. like that. Right? I, feel like, I feel like there's the some butler, good. The butler did do it. Yeah. Uh, what, what did the butler do? There Question you go. Mark. Right? Exactly. Hey, why did you come back to New England this year? Why give it another try? Because like you said, the internet's undefeated, but everybody assumed ain't no way Malcolm Butler and Bill Belichick could do any sort of business together whatsoever, yet you came back. Why? Um, He gave me a call and asked me, did I want to return? I don't know. Is that a, I'm sorry, come back. Um. Uh, deal or whatever, but uh, like I always say, man, you never burn your bridge down. You always want to show respect. You never know who you got to go back to or who you may need. And I guess, you know, I was a pro about it, but um, yeah, I was, I just wanted to play ball again and um, I wanted to like just end my career where I started, but it didn't work out like that. And uh, yeah, like like they like like I always said, man. Like I couldn't have done that much wrong if um, you know I was invited back to New England. So um, yeah, I know that's confusing to a lot of people. So wait, how was your relationship now? And if you could walk us through, because uh, they put you on IR and that was it. Like that's the way it ended. Uh, what's your relationship like now? And how did that conversation go when when the when it was a uh, when, when IR came knocking at your door? Um, I was, you know, it's business. It's, it's business, you know. Um, yeah, I guess you know, uh, I injured my hip, and you know, they just wanted to just get it, get it out the way, you know. Next man up, you know, they got some young corners. Um, I didn't think they wanted to just have me sitting on their roster the whole year, and I and I really just I didn't feel comfortable in the locker room, you know. Hurt, you know, I came back. I'm in the locker room on crutches and stuff like that. I think, really think he did me a favor because, you know, I was very uncomfortable, you know, coming back and hurting myself. And I'm in the locker room, you know, people feeling sorry for me. And I'm not that type of guy. It was just very uncomfortable for me. So, um, yeah, that's that's it. Malcolm, you just said something an answer ago that I want to circle back to. You mentioned about – Hey, it's business. You try to handle it professionally, all that. Do you wish in retrospect that maybe throwing a tantrum might be a little strong, but that you spoke up or said something or bitched or whatever it was that was within your power in that moment that you could have done to make some sort of either public display or even in the locker room at halftime to scream at somebody, why am I not in the game? Um, Man, I was at the point where... I just, I just said F it, man. I just said F it. I'm on my way out the door, you know. Um, I just, I just, I just didn't want to be bothered with. It. I didn't want to be a distraction to the team. You know, we in the game, and I think we was losing. You know, I think Mick Foles was burning us up. But mm-hmm. the thing, the thing about it, 
you know, it, it, it really touched me like probably like six or seven months ago because I'm really looking at who was out on the field. Like you telling me that I can't cover better than Jordan Richardson. You got Jordan Richardson on uh, Nelson Aguilar. Like that's just, that was kind of disrespectful, you know, when, you, when, when I just think about it and, like, man, I got a reputation, too, man, and it, it it really hurt me, like, all the rumors and stuff coming out, and I pretty much did nothing, you know what I mean? And I was the bad guy. I was the one taking all the heat. And, like, it was just, it was, it, it was, it was, it was a hard pill to swallow, man, and I didn't like that. Um, one day I'm going to have to call Bill and ask him and have a talk with him. Well, Malcolm, get him uh, on the documentary. This is, you know what? Now <laughs> there's ask him to do that. And yeah, Moose, yeah, I'm gonna I'm 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 have to go on here and tell him to, uh, face to face, so he won't yeah. so won't be new to him. Yeah. Can you imagine you two sitting the way that like Belichick was sitting with Nick Saban whenever they did that little documentary, and you guys just kind of talking through it? It actually would be quite fascinating. Malcolm Butler, thanks for the uh, the intel, the time. Good luck with the book and the documentary as well, and uh, thanks for uh, filling in some gaps here on Gresham Fourier. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, make sure you check out Hydroxy Cut. Um, hardcore man, uh, it's a it's a great supplement. You know, give you a lot of energy, man. I'm trying to stay in shape. I'm trying to stay cut, uh, man. I, it gives me energy to take care of my kids and work out with my kids, man. You can find this in all stores, Walmart, CVS. Uh, it's a great supplement, man. I think everybody should check it out, man. If you need that energy and uh, you try to stay right and tight, just like me. There we go, Malcolm. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. There goes Malcolm Butler with us on the Harbor One Hotline. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.